would this evening turn with me to the sixth chapter of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 6. Read verses 6 through 11. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. Solomon writes and says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard, when wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, and a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Here again, Solomon says that uh, it would be wise for us to go to the ant and consider her ways and be wise. Mentioned a couple of weeks ago, or whenever it was now, uh, that we would try to look at various animals in the Word of God and attributes that the Lord uses to instruct us by their behavior, uh, some positive, some negative. So we mentioned, uh, for instance, as the Lord said about Herod, he called him a fox, as a, obviously not an, uh, <laughs> a term of endearment, but as a term of him being uh, wily and deceitful. Uh, we find that he calls us sheep, uh, indicating uh, obviously our great dependence upon him, our need for him, and obviously him being our great shepherd. All over the word of God, you'll find that the animal kingdom is used to, um, again, teach us behaviors that we're either to emulate or that we're to avoid. When it comes to financial matters in our lives, uh, you'll often see two extremes among people. Uh, you'll see misers, those who just accumulate and accumulate and accumulate and are very covetous, and they're not willing to uh, share that with others, especially when there's great need. On the flip side, you'll find some folks that as soon as they earn it, they spend it. Or in a lot of cases in our day and time, it's spent before it's earned. Uh, in the form of credit cards, and uh, there it goes before it's even uh, <laughs> coming into the bank account. And the Word of God teaches us a balance between the two. The Word of God does tell us that you and I are to ask the Lord Jesus Christ for our daily bread, uh, that we're to depend on Him daily. Uh, we're not promised uh, that we will have tomorrow's needs until we arrive at tomorrow. But as the Apostle Paul says, having food and raiment, let us there would be content. That tells me that uh, he lived in times where he didn't have either. And there have been God's people who have uh, suffered want and suffered need and been in great uh, uh, distress financially. And um, that's just been the case for some, while others have been highly blessed. And as we go through life, uh, we should not be unwise in how we spend and we shouldn't uh, uh, withhold more than what is necessary. Proverbs would tell us in the 11th chapter, there's that would hold it more than meat. Uh, in other words, more than necessary. Uh, and it tended to poverty. He says, but there's that that scattereth and yet increaseth. And so, the, again, the word of God tells us there's a balance and we're to seek that. And trying to plan and provide does not insti uh, institute a lack of faith. Again, the word of God commands us to look ahead and try to provide, but not so much so that we become confident in those riches. Uh, so there's a balance even as we plan and provide. And so here again, Solomon tells us that we're to go to the ant, thou sluggard. Now, obviously he's got somebody in mind that has been slothful in how they behave, and so he's commanding them to go to one of the smallest creatures in all the planet. When I was a child <clears throat> in West Texas in particular, 
before fire ants came into our area, <clears throat> I didn't see the first fire ant until I was 12 years old. We were living in Mesquite, Texas, which is east of Dallas, and they had already migrated there, but they hadn't made it out to where I'm from. They're there now. Uh, but I'll never forget the first encounter I had with fire ants. But anyway, as a child, we had what were called red ant beds. And red ants were about the size of carpenter ants here, uh, but they were about the color of these pews. And you did not want to get bit by one. You think a fire ant hurts, that's nothing in comparison to the pinchers on those red ants. But as a child, I would watch those ants, and their beds would get to be a good size, sometimes eight or 10 feet in diameter. And as you would watch, you would see trails, and from those, literally be dirt paths where those ants had traversed over time. And my grandfather, he believed gasoline was a cure for many things, and so when one would come into our yard, he'd pour it full of gasoline and uh, get rid of it. That was also his solution, getting rid of wasps as well tie a rag around a metal pole, pour gasoline on it, light it, and burn the wasps. That's not recommended, folks, but that's how my grandfather uh, dealt with a lot of things was gasoline. But anyway, I enjoyed studying those ants. Uh, now, I wasn't studying them for the reason that Solomon did uh, or told us to. I just enjoyed watching them. But I did learn exactly what Solomon says here. He says they have no guide or overseer or ruler, uh, they go about their business without someone telling them how to do it. Uh, and in many ways, obviously, we have the word of God as our rule uh, and hopefully the wisdom of God and the spirit of God to guide us. But we have to be obedient to what the word of God teaches us and uh, try to employ those things. And we live here in this world and sometimes we do and sometimes we do not. But again, he says, go to the ant, thou slugger, consider, notice this, her ways and be wise Notice in verse 8, it says, she provided her meat in the summer and gathered her food in the harvest. I find it interesting that Solomon, who did not have the technology that we have today, understood that those ants that were going out back and forth were female. Uh, the word of God is far ahead of any scientist. Uh, the word of God uh, tells us things that scientists still don't understand. And so here is Solomon uh, thousands of years ago, letting us know that those ants that you see that maybe irritate you and you spray with raid, here they are, female ants going forth, coming back. What are they doing? Of course, they're going out for food, bringing it back, storing it up in time of harvest, in time of summer. Why? Preparing against the winter. They know by nature that winter's coming and that there's going to be times of great want. I'm told, I, I haven't read this myself, but I'm told that the majority of American households today could not afford a four or $500 repair bill of anything that would break down in their house or with their vehicle, that there's not enough money in their savings account to handle something like that. Well, that tells me, number one, they probably maybe earn too little or they spend too much or maybe a combination of both. Rainy days are going to happen. Winter is coming. There are going to be things that occur in our lives. For instance, one of these days, you're going to get to the point of age that you're not going to be able to work. Uh, maybe you'll have faithful children that would tend to your needs and take care of your needs. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but in the case that you do not, the Word of God teaches us here that we're pre to prepare against the winter days of our life. Uh, the time's coming, the winter's coming, and the days of our life when we're going to no longer be able. And so hopefully we'll be wise in the years that we are able to store up and prepare. Now again, that does not guarantee that those riches will be there when the time comes. 
A lot of folks found out in 2008, as they were just right at the point of retirement when the economy collapsed, uh, that all of a sudden people that were getting ready to retire had to extend that out a few years because the stock market took the uh, collapse that it did in 2008. Uh, so again, just because you've stored up and done what the Bible said does not always mean that those riches will be there. That's why the Apostle Paul told Timothy, you're to teach them that are rich in this world not to trust in uncertain riches. Uh, wealth in this world is not certain. There's a reason that money is called currency. That word currency obviously comes from the word current, meaning what is it worth currently? Uh, again, currency is a, a relative term. Uh, the value of it goes up and down. Why do you think they're always looking at the dollar against the pound or the dollar against the yen or the dollar against the euro? Because obviously money goes up and down in value. Well, again, here in Proverbs chapter 6, he says, Go to the ant thou slayer, consider her ways. Again, I find that just astounding that Solomon, long before having any kind of microscope to look at these uh, animals, was able to know that these were female uh, ants, insects, that were going forth and coming back. He says they have no guide, overseer, ruler. They provide their meat in the summer and gather their food in the harvest. This is one of only two times that the ant is even mentioned in the word of God. The other time is also found in the book of Proverbs in the 30th chapter. When Solomon says in verse 25, he says the ants, well, he says there be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. Notice that again. He says there's four things which are little upon the earth, little in our esteem, small in size. He says, but they are exceeding wise. You know how it's a shameful thought to think that there's ants in this world crawling around all over the place that are more wise, they're exceeding wise uh, than human beings that are supposed to be the most intelligent creature upon the earth. Now, I realize that human beings, by uh, relation, are far more intelligent than the ants and the other creatures of this world, but intelligence and wisdom are two different things. There's a lot of people that are highly intelligent. They don't have a lick of wisdom. Uh, you know, intelligence is just the gathering of information. Wisdom is the ability to use that information in a way that's profitable, in a way that's beneficial. And so there's a lot of folks with a lot of knowledge, but yet don't have a lick of sense in how to apply that knowledge in a way of wisdom uh, to do well in this life. So here again, Solomon says, there are four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. He says, the ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. So even though they're not strong in the sense of their size, uh, they still are wise in number going out and gathering their food. Now, when one ant goes out and finds a morsel of food or maybe something large in, uh, for food, the first thing they do is they bring a sample of that back to the bed or the mound. They alert their friends, if we could call them that, about what they have found. And all of a sudden, that ant trail that you see started because one ant found food, brought a sample back, and told all the rest of the family all about it, and all the rest go out, and you'll start seeing that trail back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. About once a year, in our master bathroom, there'll be a trail of ants. I don't know why they're coming. Uh, they found something in there, and here they come, and there they go. Very tiny things. They bother Lydia crazy. I can't care less about them because I can barely see them, so they don't bother me. Uh, they're not fire ants. They don't bite, so I don't care. Uh, but anyway, they've obviously found something beneficial to them, 
and I'll watch that trail. Here I am, 43 years of age, and I still sometimes just find amazement in watching that trail go back and forth because here I find something that's very small upon the earth. They're not strong, and yet they're exceeding wise. They're preparing against something that's coming in their lives, and they have more wisdom than many people who walk to and fro upon the earth. So again, I mentioned that there's folks that are very unwise in their spending. They throw money away. Proverbs, uh, Solomon talks about that in the 21st chapter in the 20th verse. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20, uh, Solomon says um, this. He says, there is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. Notice again, he says, there is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. Obviously, in that day and time, oil was very important. Not only was it used for cooking, it was also used for illumination, used for light. And so the dwelling of the wise, the treasure there was oil, and they had uh, plenty. But notice again what he says, but a foolish man spendeth it up. The Lord Jesus spoke a proverb about oil one time in the 20th, 25th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 25, the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking there, um, his Olivet Discourse it's uh, often called. He's there on the Mount of Olives. We have the Sermon on the Mount because he's sitting on the side of the Mount. Now he here is the Mount of Olives. So here we have the Olivet Discourse. And in Matthew chapter 25, the Lord Jesus Christ begins in this uh, chapter saying this in verse 1. He says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. Now, there are reformers among our people, and Calvinists out in the world, they'll tell you that the five wise were God's people and the five foolish were wicked. Uh, that's not true. Uh, both were God's people, the wise and the foolish. Notice he says, the kingdom of heaven shall be likened. Not the earth shall be likened, but the kingdom of heaven. These are all citizens of the kingdom of heaven. These all belong to the king, the Lord Jesus Christ. The very first uh, phrase lets us know that everybody under consideration here all belong to the king. They're all participants of the kingdom. Some of them, though, are wise in their kingdom participation, and some of them are foolish. So he says, The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. So you have ten virgins getting ready to meet the bridegroom, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, some say, well, that's talking about at the end of time. It's not talking about the end of time. The Lord Jesus Christ visits his bride on a very regular basis. Every Sunday morning, I trust when we gather here, you and I are coming as wise virgins with oil in our lamps and it being trimmed. And here we are ready to meet the bridegroom. Now, that's our purpose every Sunday morning is to come together prepared, ready as wise virgins, as part of the bridegroom to meet the bride. Now, some come unwise, they're not ready. So it says five of them were wise, five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. I don't know what good a lamp is without any oil. Uh, one of the things that I try to keep plenty of is batteries. Um, we have a box, in fact, in our laundry room uh, that's a battery storage box. It's got uh, compartments for every type of battery, I guess there is, that you can nearly buy. And so I keep plenty of AA, plenty of AAA, and I even got C and D, and even some of them little round disc type that go in your key fobs. I do not, like all of a sudden, losing power and needing a battery. 
And so I try to keep a, a good supply. Every once in a while, somebody will go in there and get some out, and I don't have an accurate count of inventory, and so we're running low. Well, here are these virgins taking their flashlight, if you will, without any batteries in it. What good is it? Uh, there's been a number of times that I've reached in a drawer for a flashlight, turn it on, and nothing happened. And here I am in the dark, needing uh, light, and it's not working, and I've got to go get batteries and put them in. But anyway, here are these uh, virgins, they knew there was no oil. It says, but the wives took oil in their vessels with their lamps, and while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. All of them, all ten, the wise and the foolish. What was the difference between the wise and the foolish? The wise had oil. The foolish did not. They didn't come prepared. They had a lamp. They were able to trim the lamp. They just didn't have anything to put in the lamp. Uh, they had everything, and sounds to me like they had it back home, but just didn't bring it with them. Uh, that's like us coming to the house of God uh, uh, with an attitude, well, the Lord's just not going to bless today. The Lord's just not going to be here. Uh, the Lord's not going to bless the preacher today. The singing's not going to be any good. Uh, it's really just not worth even going, but I'll go anyway because the Lord told me to do it. And then you walk away wondering why in the world you didn't get a blessing. You say, well, the singing was no good, just like I said. And the preacher didn't preach that day. There was no benefit in going today. Well, maybe everybody else got a benefit of it, and you didn't because you didn't come in the right way. Well, anyway, here's these foolish virgins. They didn't come the right way. And so because they didn't come the right way, they end up being put out. The Lord does not bless them like he blesses the other five. It says, when this cry comes, it says, all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. <laughs> but the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go you rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they were, were, that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Now understand, Jesus didn't say, I never knew you. Jesus said that a few times. He's going to say it at the last day to the wicked, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquities, for I never knew you. Jesus says presently, I know you not. He doesn't say, I never knew you. Again, these five are children of God that were unprepared to meet the Lord in a blessing of this wonderful service together, a wonderful time with the Lord Jesus Christ. They missed out on it because they were not prepared. They didn't prepare their hearts. They didn't prepare their minds. They spent foolishly. They did foolishly. And because of that, they did not receive a blessing that evening. Jesus says, I never knew you. Uh, he says, uh, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. You don't know exactly how or when the Lord is going to bless the gospel service. And so the point is to always be ready. Well, anyway, so here you find these unwise individuals. In Luke chapter 15, you'll find a very unwise young man. Luke chapter 15, you're going to find a young man comes to his father and says, Divide to me the inheritance, the part that's coming to me. And the Bible lets us know that that young man went out and spent all that he had very foolishly. Luke chapter 15, verse 14. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ says, when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine. So here, uh, his father gave him his portion, uh, that which was coming to him. And by verse 14, he's gone out. 
The Bible says he went to a far country. There wasted his substance with riotous living. This man doesn't go out and get a job to earn more. This young man goes out with a set amount and begins to spend it all. And before long, it's all gone. Notice again, verse 4, when he had spent all. Then it says, there was, arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. That means he began to be in need. In fact, it goes so far that this uh, young Jewish boy ends up eating the husk that the swine were to eat. Uh, here he is in a place he should have never been. Uh, here, uh, here he is among swine that he wasn't even allowed by law to eat. And yet he's about to eat the food that they were e eating. And all of a sudden he comes to himself and says, you know what? The servants in my father's house are faring better than this. I'll just go home to my father, say, I've uh, sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. Uh, let me no more be called your son. In other words, I'll just be a slave in your house. But here this young man had been very foolish with what his father gave him. Now, apparently the other one, because he got his as well, was very wise with what he gave. Now, he had a very bad attitude when the son comes back. But yet he was at least wise with the finances that his father gave him. So here we see again in Luke 15, a young man gets a lump sum and all of a sudden is in a little while a lot worse off. Uh, wasn't too many weeks ago, the lottery got up to 1.73 billion, I think it was. One individual in the state of California won it. Uh, and uh, lots of folks did play, only one won. But I've done a lot of reading about individuals who win the lottery. A lot of people who all of a sudden come into wealth. In fact, Solomon talks about that. There's things that the earth cannot bear. And one of those is sudden wealth. And a lot of times, folks that end up with sudden wealth don't know how to spend it, and they go into a frenzy. And before long, they've spent all they've got, just like this young man did. And now they're in worse shape than they were than before they got it. There's a lot of stories about lottery winners and others that got a windfall that within just a few short years were far worse off after the windfall financially than they were prior to the windfall. Now, I wouldn't mind trying to test it, but anyway, uh, uh, any, <laughs> I think I could outwit them. I think I could be in the percentage that ends up better. But anyway, uh, and if you all play and want to share a little with me, we'll put it to the test together. But anyway, uh, that's a common, people are typically unwise in their spending. Why do you think folks like Dave Ramsey are uh, so needed and so popular in our world? Notice how many books he has sold uh, trying to uh, teach folks, and folks obviously have money trouble, and turn to people like him to try to find guidance and uh, leadership on how to handle money. Uh, well, all you got to do is read the Word of God, and it'll tell you all about how to handle money. Uh, one thing is don't spend more than you make, uh, and also put some back because there will be rainy days in your life. So again, he says, go to the ant thou slugger, consider her ways, and be wise. In other words, be industrious. Uh, she's an industrious insect. She's an industri industrious creature. Uh, she goes about her business, and she stays very busy. Uh, if you watch ants, they don't just go by sunlight back and forth on those trails. They traverse by night as well. They work around the clock. Uh, they know that winter's coming, and so they take advantage of all the time, both by moonlight and sunlight, to go forth and come back. In other words, they rest very little during that time. They're very, very industrious. 
Now, again, we can go to the other extreme and become a miser and earn a lot, put it all away, or as Sonny Powell used to say, uh, you know, make all you can, can all you make, and sit on the lid of the can. Uh, there's some folks that are that way. Well, the Bible teaches against that as well. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, he says, once again, there's that that scattereth, yet it increaseth. There's that withholdeth more than is meet or needful, but it tendeth to poverty. Think about, for instance, in Luke, the 12th chapter. Luke chapter 12, the Lord Jesus Christ, in, uh, beginning in verse 16, begins to speak a parable. And he talks about a certain man that was rich. And this man's land this particular year is very fertile. And so this man uh, brings in bumper crops. And he goes to bed that night. And he says, I'm going to tear down the barns and build new. I've never really understood that. Why not add on to the ones you've got? But anyway, let's tear down the barns, build new. But here's one of the things he says. So take thine ease, eat, and be merry. I don't need to worry about it anymore. Here's an individual that's a miser, but also confident in the wealth that he's already built. He's not thinking about next year's uh, planting and next year's harvest. All he's cared about is what he's already obtained right now, saying, you know what? Take my knees. I don't need to worry about anything anymore. Well, the Lord comes to him. He says, thou fool. Now, the word fool there is different than the word fool we saw this morning. Uh, the word fool this morning we saw, once again, means godless. Uh, sometimes the word fool means doing a foolish thing, meaning an unthoughtful thing, not thinking ahead. And here that's what the Lord lets you know. He says, you're a fool. He says, for your soul shall be required of you this night. So here's this man gathered all this wealth. He's uh, thinking already as he's going to bed dreaming, drawing up architectural plans of new barns that he can raise up to store all his goods. And he says, I'm taken care of for the rest of my life. Well, I guess he was. <laughs> Yeah, he had all he needed for the rest of his life because by morning his life was gone and he didn't need anything anymore here upon the earth. Uh, so once again, turning back to Proverbs chapter 6, uh, the Lord Jesus, excuse me, Solomon uh, teaches us that this very small insect that we consider a pest can guide us and teach us about diligence, thoughtfulness, planning, and thinking ahead. But one other little thing I'll say in closing. Once again, I mentioned that when that ant finds food, the first thing it does is it brings it back to the nest or to the bed and shares with the others. And all of a sudden, all those insects began to go out together. Now, it's interesting. They go in great order. Uh, they, if you'll watch them, they're in line. Uh, they work together, move together. And there you see them traversing back and forth, back and forth. But notice that one comes back and shares the good news of what they found. Tell you what, you and I have found really good news right here in the house of God. And one other way that you and I can go to the ant and consider her ways and be wise is take the good news that you and I have found in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the food we found here in the house of God. And you and I can go back home Tell our family about it, tell our friends about it, tell our neighbors about it, tell our classmates about it, tell our co-workers about it, tell our neighbors about it, and hopefully they will join in uh, the trail and come back and forth and traverse with us as we journey here to the house of God to hear the word of God, to be fed with manna from on high, and to rejoice in the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, the Lord takes this very small insect, again, that we consider most of the time a pest, 
And it says they're not strong, but they're exceeding wise. And here this uh, animal that has no overseer or guide, she provides for her household uh, the meat that it needs. She goes in harvest and summertime uh, while there's time to do it and prepares against the time of want. She's not a spendthrift. She doesn't just blow it all away. She doesn't say that, uh, you know what, uh, there'll always be plenty out there. No, she knows winter's coming when the snow will fall. And all of a sudden, all that food's covered up and cannot be located. And here she is prepared in her nest for all the winter months, taken care of, provided for, because she used great wisdom in the times that she was able to bring in to take care of the times that she would not be able. Right now, I'm able, many of you are able, use your ability, be industrious. Uh, while you're industrious, be, don't be covetous, uh, be generous, be kind. Don't be spendthrifts at the same time and just throw money away. Find the balance of taking care of your needs, taking care of others' needs, being generous with the house of God. But at the same time, don't just put away, put away, put away and think that uh, like that fellow in Luke chapter 12, well, I'm now set. I've got all I'll ever need. Uh, I can just take my ease. My soul can eat, drink, and be merry because I've got everything I'll ever need. You never know exactly what's going to happen. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I do trust this. The Lord will always provide for his people. I trust that. I know that. But at the same time, the word of God enjoins us to certain standards, certain commandments of things we're to do for ourselves. You know, there's an old proverb, uh, God helps them that helps themselves. There's a reason that's an old proverb and it's lasted because there's a lot of truth in it. Brother James talked to us last Sunday about two salvations. That second salvation, temporal salvation, has a lot to do as uh, regarding our obedience to the word of God and employing the wisdom that the word of God gives us in a lot of ways of life including our financial status and standing here in this world. So again, Solomon says, we're to go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. There's a lot to study in nature and in so doing, a lot that we can learn, a lot we can hopefully employ and be benefited thereby. May God bless you tonight as our prayer.